You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast. AKA Murph here to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over. Each week, we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, why haven't I done that yet? Well, on the show today is Scott Sumter. Scott is an avid cyclist who takes adventure to a whole new level. He has raced in all kinds of crazy long-distance cycling events where the roads become mud and the weather is anything but pleasant. He rides year-round on a variety of types of bikes, and when he's not biking, he's in his adventure van heading to the next biking adventure. And also in his free time, he runs a very cool website called BikeIowa.com. He's on today to tell us more about Bike Iowa, as well as his most recent trip biking the White Rim Trail in Canyonlands National Park. So here's Scott. All right, I would like to welcome Mr. Scott Sumter to the podcast. Hey, Scott. Hey Murph, how's it going? Good. Now I don't, I can't point to the very moment when Scott and I met, but I feel like we're both like have a pretty strong pulse on cycling in general, but specifically cycling in Iowa. Would you say that's true? I would definitely say that's true. I mean, I've we had to know each other. I would say approaching close to twenty years. Yeah, off I would and agree. On, right? Yeah, I would yeah, agree. Right yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we both live in Iowa in different communities, um, and you're on the podcast to talk about a pretty epic adventure you recently went on, which was biking the White Rim Trail, which, oh my God, I cannot wait to talk about this. But before we do, I want to give the listeners, you know, just a little teeny bit of a background of who you are. And there's probably many important things to describe you, Scott, so I don't want to, you know, take that away from you. <laughs> but the biggest thing that I think listeners will appreciate is that you run a fantastic website that's simply called bikeiowa.com. So how about, can you give us kind of an, a little idea of what Bike Iowa is all about? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um my guy was become like a lifelong passion, I guess. Didn't really start out like that way, yeah. but uh, back in 2001, so we're on the 21st year of uh, of Bike Iowa, and, and for those not familiar with it, it's it's really a website dedicated to anything cycling in, in Iowa, cycling related. Mm -hmm. um, our bread and butter is probably the event calendar, which is I'm going to say still Midwest's uh, most comprehensive event calendar for all the different biking events so if you're looking for a, you know, a a party ride a mountain bike ride a training ride a race everything's on this calendar and it can be kind of filtered down um and the cool thing is that people like you so if you're putting on a weekly event or a annual event or a one-time you know charity event you can go in and add it to the calendar yourself so I'm not the bottleneck for that. If something changes, <laughs> if you got a new poster, yeah. yeah, you can go in and edit it at any time. So that's that's kind of a, a kind of a cool spot. And definitely, um, that's how yeah. I got my start at Bike Iowa. Is yeah. you know, I was either adding rides or looking to figure out where I was going to go for a ride, and then you know, then I started exploring your website. And I know you're going to tell me more about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there are so many other places now to house events. You know, definitely Facebook, uh, their event is, is awesome. But the more time goes by, the more I know either people getting off of Facebook or I, I know a ton of people who've never, they don't even have enough Facebook account. Yeah. So I still go back. I still, everything I post on social media, I still take it back to bikeiowa.com, back to the website because I know 100% of the people can open up a website and, and see it. They don't have to be on a, so, a certain social media platform. So yeah. that's. That's always kind of held uh, near and dear to me is just uh, is keeping that alive because I know a lot of uh, websites and blogs have, have died over the years um, and they just uh, just now live on, on social media platforms. Mm -hmm. But I've uh, been trying to do that. But the other other items is uh, big things on there is, is news. I mean, we'll post hundreds, if not thousands of news posts a year. Just there's so much going on. Uh, trail building, a new business open up on the bar, on the trail, a brewery, uh, a trails advocacy group, you know, mm -hmm. raising money for this, raising money. There's stuff going on every day. And I'll 
20 years ago I had to go out and hunt it down but now it's just like i can't keep up with the posts mm-hmm. um a complete bike shop list out there uh, a lot of people don't really know about the portals on isla or bike isla so there's three different types of portals one is like genre related so if you just want to look at mountain biking or you just want to look at the party scene or you just want to look at trails they're almost like mini sites that you can just go to the mountain biking portal and it's only going to show you mountain biking events, mountain oh, biking cool. news. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to filter through all that. So if you don't want to read about gravel, you can just look at the mountain biking and, and see that. I don't, and I don't think people use those portals a lot uh, that way. There's also a, a city portal. So there's a, over a thousand twenty-five city portals. So if you just want to see Cedar Rapids, you can go to the bikeiowa.com city portal for Cedar Rapids, and it's just going to show you all the news for Cedar Rapids, oh, all the events, yeah. all the features. And ex- and exactly the same, there's a trail portal. So there's 323 trail portals. And so if you only want to see the, the Cedar Valley Trail, you can see all the news and events that are that are happening there. So it's just a way to kind of filter down that data for, for folks. Um, and I'm a by trade a, a data guy, so that's I coded the all the Bike Iowa. <laughs> and uh you know just over the years so i got to make it the way i wanted it to be and i i like the way the data and i like to filter down and you know that kind of stuff oh so, yeah and if um, people you know everybody well i can't say everybody loves data but the nice thing right. is is when you can go to that website and be like i want to know what's going on in dubuque iowa i can i can do that because of your background stuff and, and and we do hold stuff. So if I got 20 years of, of data out there, so if like our uh, a trestle to trestle bridge just opened up this past week and it's got uh, it got demolished during an ice flow back in 2019. So I can go to that trail portal page and I can see all the news about that ice flow jam back in 2019. Yeah. I can actually go back and see when that bridge was put in. So I can I can kind of see a history of 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 that trail if i go to that trail portal it's like ah when did that when was that grand opening or when did so and so open on the trail you just kind of go back and use that as a as a history and it makes you so much smarter you know if somebody asks me a question i can be like com. boom i've got my history and now i sound cool (laughs) it's all there it is all there (laughs) okay and i know listeners right now are thinking wonder how much it would cost me to use the bike iowa website zero dollars zero dollars yep um, all free i mean we've got a great list of uh sponsors like bike shops breweries restaurants that they they are on the trail and they they love that the bike iowa data exists they like you know i was if you can show me another we- uh, website like bike iowa in another state i'd be more than i'd be ecstatic just to, just to see that happen we get yeah People from all over going, God, I wish Wisconsin had something like this or, you know, Minnesota. But um, usually they're either ran by like a foundation or a federation or uh, mm-hmm. an advocacy group. And there's not, you know, if we want to post a happy hour special, the fire truckers happen, you know, I can post, you know, we can post yeah. that without any ramifications, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, that kind of stuff. So kind of kind of that freedom of speech, freedom of post kind of deal. And now that you, you know, you've been doing this for over 20 years, you've also created a pretty cool following of people that want to wear Bike Iowa clothing. Um, and I'm one of them. I have several jerseys uh, that say Bike Iowa on them. So uh, where can people go to get that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So we do, a, a, I don't know, I think a lot of different designs, not your normal stuff sometimes, but uh, bikeiowa.com slash shop. And it'll take you to the Bike Iowa store, but uh, we deal with a lot with Primal, uh, mm-hmm. which is the same company that does the Ragbright jerseys, and, and so and the Morphology jerseys. Yeah, yeah. The the fit and finish is the same, and it's an easy sell to somebody on Ragbright. It's like, oh, how does it fit? Well, it fits exactly like that jersey you're wearing right now. Yeah. So, um, and that's that's made it great. And the Primal folks are so easy to work with. I mean, they're cyclists. They come, you know, it's it's fun when we see them during the Bike Expo and uh, yeah. and Ragbright times. Um, but yeah, we try to do yeah some some crazy little t-shirt slogans and sayings and stuff like that and um yeah yeah we just it's kind of been a been it yeah literally hasn't been a brand uh creation yeah. over the over the years just oh, like yeah. the morphology stuff yeah yeah 
Okay, so easy enough. BikeIowa.com. Everybody go look there. But wait till after this interview before you go look, right? Because it can turn into one of those deals where you'll look at this and then you'll click this and then an hour will pass and you'll be much smarter because you've learned so much about (laughs) Iowa and you have stuff on your calendar. All very much worth it, right? Definitely. Okay. Definitely, yeah. Please wait. So... (laughs) Yes, let's talk about the White Rim Trail. I am so excited to talk about this. And a tiny bit of background. Um, I don't know if listeners remember Reese Ruland. Reese is actually, she was a runner and then became a, a you know bike racer and then got into gravel. And then I think somebody like kind of encouraged her like, hey, you, sh- you know what you should do? You should mountain bike and you should, you know, do the White Rim Trail. And she's like, okay, yeah, cool. And then, you know, trained for it, but didn't ride her mountain bike more than, I don't know, half a dozen times before she did this. And she was doing White Rim Trail as a chance to get fastest known time as female. So I'm guessing she did it differently than you did because she did, it's over 100 miles. She did it like in seven hours and I don't know, 11 minutes or something like that. So she did um, get fastest known time for doing it. And there's a little um, 15 minute movie about her doing it. Anyway, I don't mean to take away from your trip, no. but episode 49, if anyone's interested in learning a lot more about Reese Rulin, she's a really amazing athlete. Um, but, and we said this before we started recording, I'm like, I want to do White Rim Trail, but I don't know if I can. And I think I base that on uh, Reese's little video when she's talking about the elevation and the suffering and the deep sand. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do it. So let's hear your story of the White Rim Trail. Yeah, so I think we're going to be on the on the opposite spectrum of, of this, of, of the way she experienced it. Yeah. So so this was not even on my radar a, a week before we left, right? So um, Ray Bennett, he's Team Bubba, I think, Iowa City guy. Yep. Uh, so right, right, Team Bubba, and him and a, a few of the Team Bubba folks have always went out to White Rim uh, since 2011. They go out every two to three years. So I think this was their fifth trip out oh, okay. here. And I've always seen the pictures. I was like, oh man, that looks cool, you know, just seeing the, the sights of the Canyonlands and just the vastness of that. And so I get a call, what five days before Labor Day, and Ray's like, hey, a buddy of mine cannot go on this trip this year. Um, are you interested? And I'm like, well, heck yeah. What do I got going on this weekend? It's like, oh, I got the Colesburg gravel race. It's like, I could easily skip that to go to you know, the White Rim <laughs> Trail. So so I'm like, yeah, I think I'm in. You know? So um, that's kind of how I got into this group. And then after finding out a little bit about the White Rim, like anybody can drive it during the day or ride it during the day. But the camping, I guess, is the most coveted piece. Oh. I, I think – and it's like 150 or 170 passes or permits are given per year for the camping portion. Oh, okay. So Marty is another Team Bubba guy who lives in Delta, Colorado. I think he's lived there almost 20 years, but he's originally from Iowa. And that was kind of the, the connection with all this. So he had to get a permit back in March in order for us to camp overnight on the White Rim Trail mm. um, in September. So it was kind of a kind of supposedly kind of coveted who gets to camp out there. Well, and obviously you have to, you know, plan ahead. Luckily, you got in at the tail end, but um yeah. and I'm assuming the permits yeah. have to exist because um you're in the Canyonlands National Park, correct? Yes. Oh, uh, okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. You're you're in the canyon and there's only I mean, they gave us a certain camp spot, so you've got to kind of make it to a spot to camp and there was like a, a pit toilet that was there. Uh, so I don't think you can camp outside of your designated camp areas. Mm. Uh, so, so this was the difference. Like Reese did it all in one day, all the way through, you know, and that would have been, that, that was, would have definitely been an epic trip. Yeah. But ours is like the first thing Ray said to me is like, Hey, knowing how you like the race and knowing how you like to go fast. He goes, the hardest part for you is slowing down and taking in the scenery <laughs> on this race. That's what he said. I'm like, okay, all right. I think I got it. You know? Uh, but he asked, he, he's like, we're stopping like every couple miles to look at, you know, this canyon and then yeah. the next canyon. And, you know, it's just there's the different vantage points just give you. And the different times of the day, just with the lights on the canyons and the red. and um, It's just it's just fascinating, magical place. And a quick shout out to Ray because he is, well, I mean, he's, you know, 
deep into cycling, but he's a phenomenal photographer. So I can imagine that he's probably saying to you guys, all right, you know, in in a half an hour, we've got to stop here because the lighting's (laughs) going to be good and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, you know, Ray, Ray will be listening to this too. Hey, Ray. Hey, Ray. And, (laughs) and, and another guy, um, went out this year was, was a new, but he's a team Bubba guy and he has never been past Nebraska. Oh, wow. so it was his name was Wes, and it was just fun to be around him because he is, uh, you know, just seeing that for the first time. It's like, oh wow, you know, just you know how how we all saw the mountains for the first time. I mean, he's seeing the mountains and the canyons and coming over the Rockies, and yeah, it was, it was just fascinating just to see him see it for the first time. And what state is White Rim Trail in? It's Utah, okay. and it borders uh, like the Colorado River is is one of the borders of, of Canyonlands, but yeah, it's it's Utah. Oh wow, okay, cool. Well, and not too far from Moab. That 20, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Away. It's yeah. not because you know I did that San Juan hut, um, hut to hut yeah. trip, and we ended in Moab. And I do not think we were anywhere near White Rim Trail, but I I know the a little bit about the terrain there with the sand and the temps and all that so like give us some ideas of like what you experienced Uh, yeah so there were supposed to be four vehicles and they had to be like capable four by four vehicles Mm -hmm. and each vehicle was going to have 16 people or excuse me four people so 16 people in total and all the other people were from colorado marty is kind of like uh uh, he just helps design trails out in Colorado, oh, in the wow. Delta area. So he's involved with a lot of the clubs out there and the advocacy. So he's kind of coordinates some of these other trips. So, yeah, all these folks were interested in going until they, on our way out, that's when uh, Canyonlands got some rain on the on the other side. Mm-hmm. And the rain led to uh, some new rock slides and stuff like that. So once we got out there, Marty told us that, hey, all those people are supposed to go with us. They all backed out because we can't can't do the whole loop. So it was just left with three of us Iowans, Marty, and one four by four. No way. And yeah. Yeah. So Marty, and this is like the night we got out there. And so Marty's like, well, we got all sorts of options. So we pulled a big ass white, big, a big whiteboard into, uh, into his living room and we started planning out it's like okay if we go you know let's what if we do two days of Canyonlands and we come back out what happens if we just don't do Canyonlands at all we just go to moab fruta there's other you know some other mountain biking what happens if you go kayaking for a day or you're rafting and so we we spent probably three hours just kind of like you know what is our options now that, right. that we know we can't get all the way across so so we just decided to do as much of the Canyonlands as we could just because it's such a magical place you had to get the permits for it not everybody gets a camp out there so they wanted me and west to experience camping uh in the canyon lands yeah. like the night stars and everything it was, it was, which was which was super cool so we just decided to we went out to our camping spot the first night and we camped there just like normal and then the second day we got up and we went pretty much to our second spot for campsite but we knew we had we were going to come back out that day so we we beat feet back, um, back to the beginning on that, on the last of that second day. Oh, and then but, camped at the, the spot one again? Yes. Ah, yep. okay. Okay. Yeah. We made our way back up Schaefer trail, but the, but the camping. So we had a, uh, um, it was Marty's. It was an old H three Hummer that had a roof rack on it. So in there he had the, I mean, he had two, two big coolers. Uh, so we could, were able to put all our food in there. We had a spot for some beer uh, but a table, a tent, you know, some chairs, so you could get, you know, set up a little tent and be out of the out of the uh, shade. Uh, he had it set up really well. I mean, fill up with water. So when we're on bikes, we didn't have to carry a whole lot. Nice. You know, I carried my water tools, but uh, bikes were way faster than the four wheel drive, just because of the, you know, the motion of the four wheel drive and the the tires. And mm-hmm. but so it was it was nice having that uh, four wheel support. We were supposed to take turns driving, like one day I'd drive, one day Marty would drive, you know, just so we'd all get a chance to ride. But Marty had a bad back. Uh, he wasn't feeling well, so he offered to drive the whole time, oh. which was kind of cool. Yeah. You know, bad, bad for Marty, but, yeah, he, he, he enjoyed watching us and helping us, and, yeah, it was easy. So, yeah, with, with that, we, we decided to get at least as much of the canyons, uh, Canyonlands, as, as we could. 
and then you you asked me to, you know temps and terrain and, and that kind of stuff so yeah still about 80s at night the the ground gets so hot from the from the 100 degree temps so one of the things i in my camp gear Mar, or they said bring a bigger sleeping pad because there's so much heat that you know is coming out of the ground at night mm. so my normal bike packing pad only goes down to my knees so it's a little short one it's pretty lightweight pretty thin so i brought a little thicker one and i'm glad i did because otherwise my legs would have been cooking you know off off of the rocks where you're trying to sleep at and it's kind of it's a whole different dynamic for you um to have a support vehicle because you were you probably had to think differently because normally you're trying to get everything as light and as small as possible and shoved in a somewhere on your bike And yep. now you have like luxury, like you could have a bigger camp pad and maybe like a sleeping bag instead of just a sheet or whatever. It was so, yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Cause when I brought, when I brought all my stuff, it's like, all right, this is, you know, they're like, oh, where's your tent? Where's everything else? I was like, oh, it's, it's all in that bag right there. You know, I'm like, <laughs> everything I have. And, and so little that I know. So I bought my one man bike packing tent, you know, my, my normal little bike packing quilt, my bike packing pillow. And little did I know, it's like Marty's got a six-man gazelle tent that oh sets up in, you know, less than five minutes. All one of the big hinged ones where he just it just kind of pops up into place. And then he's got a cot in there and a like a home type air mattress and a pump, you know, you know. And here I am in my little one-man tent, just sitting there watching these other three. <laughs> they all had big ass tents, and it was it was kind of funny. You know, once we had it all set up, I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> well, and it was probably a luxury to be able to eat like real food. I mean, if you it had was, a, yeah. if you had a cooler, I'm a, I'm assuming somebody probably had a little camp grill, so you were not eating like nutrition bars and you know beef jerky. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, somewhat. Like in like in the mornings, I, I brought fig newtons and a banana. That kind of you know mm-hmm. took off with that. But like lunches, we took deli meat, chips like some potato salad and just, we had all that in a cooler. So yeah, it was, it was nice to make your own sandwich. And Ray makes this thing called, I believe he called it a hobo caviar, <laughs> which is, which is like a mix. I think salsa, like black beans, like Mexicor and some spices, but it was just something you could put on your sandwich, dip with chips. I mean, eat by itself, but I just got a kick out of the name, the hobo caviar. Yeah, That's what he did. <laughs> And um, like a supper time, we uh, we made some pulled pork the night before in a crock pot, and then we just rewarmed that with the camp stove, and I had pulled pork sandwiches. Nice. It was a supper time, so yeah. So it it was it was nice having to, yeah, having that kind of support. Yeah. Uh, for four of us, and then we still had places for beer uh, and and a little bit of whiskey. <laughs> well, was... that's a given. I'm assuming that's. Yeah. I'm assuming that would have all you know not uh, made. <laughs> You would not have cut that out. <laughs> right, right. So, I could have just lived on hobo caviar and chili. Or, yeah, hobo caviar and beers. Yeah. yeah <laughs> definitely. Okay, so um, like, try and give the listeners a little taste of what it looked like out there. Because I know um, like, the terrain changes dramatically throughout the Canyonlands. So like, I, I, all I can think of is that it's beautiful, but like, give us some specifics. Yeah, so the... The start of it is Schaefer Hill, and Schaefer Hill is one of the most iconic photos of Canyonlands. It's like when you're looking down, and you can see all the switchbacks oh, yeah. going clear down to the canyon. I mean, it just the, the switchbacks get so small once you're looking. It's so far up, but it's about a five-mile descent into here. It's it's um, right near the rocks, but it's, it's not like a, oh, shit, I'm going to get killed off this ledge kind of stuff but i mean and there's vehicles on it's a it's a big road but it's it was uh, they had some rain there too earlier in the week so it was ruddy um some bigger rocks out there uh, a lot of sand in the switchback so it was even hard to like ride your bike through and keep oh, up just yeah. just because it was so sandy trying to take the curve but you're trying to look at the you know trying to look at the scenery for one and then trying to ride and kind of you know seeing where your tire is going to go but that was the most gnarliest section going downhill mm-hmm. into that because you you wanted to build up so much speed but it was so kind of rocky and sandy you didn't want to you know yeah go too fast and then we also stopped along the way because every switchback just gave a different view and it made for some awesome photos mm-hmm. and sometimes you walked out on the rocks which is kind of on the edge and took pictures there and you could look you know pretty much look straight down and 
So that, that, that first five miles, you're just in awe. And after that, you kind of get down in the canyons, fairly flat down there, but still, still pretty sandy roads. Uh, there's like some shelf drop-offs, like maybe a foot, foot is about the max, either down or up kind of depend a lot of slick rock. So you like, Oh, okay. Just driving or riding on, on, on slick rock. It's not even, the, not even the dirt at that, that point. Uh, but very little vegetation, a few cactuses, some shrubs, uh, never saw a spider, Snakes. anything like Snakes. that. Yeah. Nothing, nothing. Oh, all right. Um, I think we saw maybe one squinty, that kind of, and otherwise, I mean, it was, uh, there's one day it was 104 degrees. The second day was 112. Oh, well there, that's and, why you're not seeing any. So it gets, yeah. Yeah. And it was different. I mean, you're sweating, but you're not sweating like the humidity of Iowa. Yeah. For sure. Uh, you know, you take your helmet off and I put on my big brim hat and, uh, the little breeze kind of took it off. So if you could set, you know, on the shade side of the vehicle or, I mean, I had a frame bag in my bike and sometimes I just stand on the side where the shade was coming through and just get the heat off my legs just if we were oh, stopping. Yeah. But, uh, it was just gorgeous like that. The, the riding, I mean, once you're on the bottom, I mean, the technicality, I'd say if you'd mountain bike before, I mean, it definitely was not like single track or on the ledge, but you had to, you had to definitely keep your balance. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you're doing that in a whole day, like Reese did the hundred and some miles, yeah, you're, you're going to get some climbs on the, in the, the descents in the beginning. And then you got what hogback, and then there's another road that another long climb. So yes, it would have been, it would have been a hard ride to, to go one day. And that mm -hmm. I'm kind of intrigued by doing it in one day, kind of, but, <laughs> but it, I think it can be done, yeah. but it, it but it was certainly cool, you know, thinking we're going to spend four days doing the whole loop and oh yeah, uh, it was more of a you know friend gathering, the camaraderie, the sightseeing. Yeah, uh, and tell us about to... your bike setup. Yeah, so I um, before my Tahoe trip in June, I bought a specialized Epic Evo. I got that from Bike Tech in, in Cedar Falls. Oh yeah, and they had they had ordered this for a customer. And it was like pandemic time and it didn't, you know, the bike didn't come, didn't come, didn't come. So this, this customer ordered something else and they just posted this one day as, Hey, we got this unicorn bike that we ordered and during the pandemic. And now, you know, now we just have it on our, on our floor. And like three minutes after they posted that, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the bike I'm going to buy. Cause I, I was looking for like a full suspension. Yeah. So I called Brent up there and bought it over the phone and drove up there the next week and and grabbed it, but it's a, so it's a full suspension, but it's like a cross country suspension. So it doesn't have, it's not like a full downhill bike, but it's definitely has front and rear. Um, and it, and it worked out good. I went with two feed bags up front one, one feed bag had snacks in it. The other one had my camera and like an action cam. Mm. And then I just used a, with a, with the shock and the, you know, the full suspension, you can only put like a small frame bag, but I put a frame bag on there and then I had my tools in the bottom. I was running tubeless tires, but I still bring a tube. And then I just had a Camelback hydration just so I didn't have to have anything on my back. And worked out well. And I guess, because um, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, you don't have enough places for water and food. But I forgot that you are supported. So yeah. as long yeah. as you can get, you know, what, probably 10 miles, you know, through yeah. all that heat and desert, you are set because you'll have somebody yeah. waiting for you. That's awesome. Yep. Yep, max 10, 15 miles before we uh, before we saw the vehicle. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, so would you was... go back to White Rim Trail? I know you kind of jokingly said, I kind of want to do it in one day, but would you go back? I, I definitely would. Definitely would go back. Um, it's, it's yeah, from the sights and seeing, I would like to get all the way around it, just to say I went all the way around it. Mm -hmm. But I think there, there's even more scenery that we did not see. I know Marty didn't feel comfortable with just one four by four on his rock slides. Just he's like, eh, if we had two, it'd be nice to get pulled out, but it's like a thousand dollars to have somebody come and tow you oh, out. You, know, you have to have a, a tow truck or somebody specialized come out. So we're, we're both, we're all like, yeah, we, yeah. we, we can come back. Yeah. Yeah. Try it. So de definitely would go back, but just kind of knowing now what other kind of options there are out there. I mean, I, I'm a kind of guy that likes to do something once and then go move on to the next thing, but I would probably definitely go back. Here. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. and, and one, I guess one nice thing is because of the rock slides and the weather issues, you were able to turn that trip that should have been just the white rim trail into multiple destinations, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yep. 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 So we were able to hit, uh, 
hit Moab and Fruta and Arches Park. And I can talk about that in a second. I was I was going to mention when we were coming back up, Schaefer is kind of a funny thing to me anyway. Um, I was I was the one who climbed up Schaefer uh, Hill back up. So I climbed all the switchbacks up because I was ahead of the four by. And it's like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just climb. Yeah. If they catch me, I'll, I'll get in. Because we were kind of on a – it was kind of getting late in the day. And I and they said, hey, if you can keep ahead of us, you can keep riding. So I just kind of kept ahead. And every few switchbacks, I would stop if I found a little bit of shade. And I was sitting sitting on sitting on a rock, just kind of looking looking at the scene. And here comes this razor coming up with a couple, a guy and a gal. And they're like, hey, you okay? And I was like, yeah. And they go, you need any water? And I was like, I would fill my water bottle. And yeah. So they filled the water bottles, nice cold water because mine was warm. And then he goes, you need a soda? I'm like, yeah. I'll take a soda if you're offering. <laughs> and then so he handed me this pina colada flavored Fanta. Ooh. And I and in my mind I'm like, am I getting iced here? Am I getting <laughs> you know, they gotta start laughing when they, they you know, they got rid of this Fanta. And I'm like, Yeah, sure, I'll take it. It was cold and and then I kind of watched their eyes if they were kind of looking at each other going, you know, yeah. ah, we, we, we're icing him. And then they just like, Hey, here you go, you know, good luck. And they took off and I was like, Ah, what the hell? I'll try it and it was kind of a weird taste but i can't think of the last time i had a fanta you know and well and just... pina colada flavored that is yeah yeah mm. yeah so i sat there and drank my fanta and overlooked the canyons <laughs> you know, like, it, was, it was just kind of funny but it was ice cold it's 240 calories and it and i swear it gave me a boost i was gonna uh, say it exactly up. yeah yeah exactly what you needed but no that was that was great so once we got up out of schaefer hill so we went back to moab we found a hotel there, like an old, uh, an older hotel, but nice hotel. Mm. Uh, we went out to Moab Brewery, had dinner there, had a few beers, and then came back and we uh, took a few more beers out to the poolside. Four people from Germany came out, and they kind of sat in the pool for a while. Two daughters, a husband and wife, and we chatted. And they were just on holiday there. You know, it was over over our Labor Day, but they were on a extended like month plus a holiday from Germany, mm-hmm. and just kind of talked about the area. It was just, it was just cool, just just cool um, that that they were there. And then about the time they got out of the pool, this guy uh, hopped in. And he was from New Zealand, and we started chatting with him. And he works for Philips, like the lighting company, oh. Philips. And he works with the stadiums that put lighting up into like uh, cricket stadiums and soccer stadiums, oh, like wow. all over the world. And it was cool. And he was on holiday with his wife, um, and they were they had rented a BMW SUV and they were driving across country. And uh, they had started in LA and then they were in Moab for a couple of days. Wow. But, but what I thought was the coolest thing was when Ray said, hey, do you know about Musco Lighting in, in Iowa? And he's like, yeah, they're one of our biggest competitors what? worldwide. Worldwide? Worldwide. So then we got to find out that Musco went international a few years ago. So every time this Phillips bids out like a soccer stadium in like India, Musco pretty much outbids them. Wow. And is getting those kind of businesses. So we had a long discussion about Musco and the lighting and the, you know, it's Iowa based and yeah, when I think of uh, Musco, I think of Jingle Cross right away because yeah, yeah, they that... um, dominate that. So, wow, good, good job, Musco. Portable lighting, but yeah, it was, it was a, yeah, it was a, it was a good discussion. And then he started. He, he felt comfortable enough with us. I mean, we're four guys, beard, sitting there, and, and he's just one guy in there. He he started asking us about politics, and we got into like a, a gun conversation of our thoughts on that because I guess New Zealand had a mass killing few years ago and they totally changed the laws where you cannot have like a farmer can have like a rifle but like handguns and all that are all banned oh wow in new zealand so it was just just a just uh, an interesting intriguing conversation Hmm. you know never would have thought of it a pool having beers in moab (laughs) (laughs) that's the beauty of like being on an adventure because you know you don't really have any expectations and you're just you know sitting there having a beer and then all of a sudden you've meet your you've met some great people oh Super fun, super fun. So, so the next day we got up and we decided uh, there's plenty of trails in Moab. None of us have ever rode the Moab trails. We finally decided on Navajo Rocks Trail. Okay. Um, the the most popular one is like a slick rock trail, mm-hmm. and we just figured over the weekend it'd just be too busy. And the Navajo Rocks is a little bit further out, uh, 18 mile loop. And it was designated like intermediate to advance. So we're like, ah, okay, you know, if we need to slow down, we'll slow down. If we need to hike a bike, whatever, um, we'll, we'll just we'll just do it. And it ended up being 
a great trail that it included everything. I mean, slick rock, like rock shells, like up and down, sand. I mean, a, a, you know, just riding in the red dirt is something cool. Oh, yeah. uh, a lot of punchy climbs, some some pretty sweet, flowy descents. Uh, but it was, it was I'm going to say, on the higher end of the intermediate scale. It really wasn't like, hey, I'm going to fall off this ledge stuff. But it was like, oh, right, you get going too fast. You know, you, you can hurt yourself. Here. Right, right. Um, but it was some some good, definitely good. I'm definitely glad I had my uh, full suspension on there, though. Right, yeah. But, and we just we decided that was the only one we were going to do. We thought, all right, what's next? You know, but it was getting later in the day, and and we were all hungry. And I think we went to a Mexican restaurant back mm-hmm. in uh, back in Moab, and just kind of chilled for the rest of the night. It's funny and, uh, how uh, you know you and I both live in Iowa, and there's plenty of mountain biking around here, but it's you know typically at least. Uh, where I live, it's mostly man-made, you know, on the side of a hill or those sorts of things. And I think I'm a little bit spoiled with the um, difficulty level. So, you know, like, oh, green trail, yay, this is awesome. And it's just, just like a nice flowy. And then you're like, intermediate? Yeah, no problem. And it's still not, like, there's no, not a lot of danger or cliffs or jumps and stuff like that. But then, like... Like you mentioned, when I was out in Moab, I'm all like, what? This this is not intermediate. Like, who put that sign on this trail? Yeah, it should be Black Double Diamond if yes. it was in Iowa. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, the designation across the states is, is pretty crazy. I don't think we'd have any Black Diamonds in Iowa if we it was, if it was a national-type right. designation. But right, yeah. 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 But, yeah, when you're hopping up rocks, I mean, they didn't put those rocks there. That's, right. that's just the way it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was cool. So the, so the next day, we decided we weren't going to go to Arches National Park just because they figured we'd be in the car too much. But Wes had never saw Arches, and I had never hiked out to the Arches. I'd, I've driven through that park before, but never did any hikes. Mm. So we took off. Um, and the first thing the lady asked was at the, at the counter, it's like, hey, is anybody a, a veteran? And I was like, yeah, I'm a veteran. She goes, you got, a, you got your card with you? And I'm like, yeah. And so I handed that, and she hands me a pass for uh, a free pass for a year. Uh, military pass to any national park um, oh my gosh, for, that's for a year awesome. so i thought that was i had no idea they did that but huh. uh so yeah i just happened to have an old id with me and so yeah now i'm thinking all right where can i go you know it's like it was like 30 bucks to get in too wow so this is now um setting the tone for your trips in the future because you've right. got a year to <laughs> right. take right. advantage of this great offer and then I said, what do I do after the year? And she goes, just come in again and it's not even reapply. Just bring your ID in and we'll give you another one. So oh. I got, for life, I have free entry in national parks. Holy moly, that's awesome. So we did get out a lot. I'd say at least eight times we got out and hiked to the different different types of arches. I mean, the biggest one is the Delicate Arch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the most most widely known. That was the most populated, too. The rest of them were pretty decent, even, even over Labor Day. It was... Um, you you would look ahead and look back and probably not see two or three people kind of deal in, in these hikes, which was, you know, kind of made you feel like you're out there all, all by yourself and better pictures without people in them. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we spent, I mean, I spent, I don't know, four plus hours um, going through the park and doing some hiking and everything like that. And then we decided we were going to go to Fruta. We've all been through Fruta. Um, I've had dinner you know, I went to the bike shops in Fruta, but I've never biked there. So we just decided, all right, let's check off Fruta. So we went to a small, I can't even think of a little, it was like a four mile loop. Kind of blew me away. It was like a high desert trail, uh, fast, flowy. There were some rocky sections, but uh, road kind of along a ledge by the Colorado River was probably, I don't know, 10 stories down kind of. Oh, so you're on a beautiful. Like, big, yeah, it was it, it was unexpected because I thought we were just going to get this little like eh, ho hum trail, but I could have spent the whole day on that on that four mile loop just going around. I actually did it twice just because it was it was so much fun on the first lap. And then so the second lap, you kind of knew, you know, hey, I got to jump up here. I got to you know go off to the left. So you could actually, I think I did it like fifteen minutes faster on the second lap. Just you know, just kind of knowing. You know. I can picture you doing that too. Like, <laughs> oh, well, I got to do a third lap and see if I can get faster. Yeah, just see, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that happens, but it, it happens. You're a little competitiveness with yourself. <laughs> yeah. There, so then uh, we're... I was just going to say, um, I don't know if you ate in Fruta, but there's a place when we were there, I think it's called like Hot Tomato Pizza. Yes. Oh, my that's... gosh. It was five stars for sure. 
So this was a Sunday, and I have eaten there. I've actually worked there uh, the last time I was through. When I when I went to Tahoe, I, I stopped there and worked. On a Sunday, they're not open. And so we that was I, that, we were all looking forward to that. Pizza by the slice is crazy. Yeah, it's great pizza. But, uh, nope, they were closed. Ah. So we, I think we... I think we went to another Mexican restaurant. Oh. <laughs> Mexican's kind of the go-to, you know, like food. Uh, I would, yeah, I would choose Mexican food for every meal if I had the opportunity and could uh, stomach the calories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to be riding. Wow. Sure. So, okay. So I do have to add White Rim Trail to my list. I've done Moab. I've been to Arches National Park. Beautiful. I've been to Fruta. This, all of it's awesome. But you also yeah. like briefly mentioned that you bike packed in Lake Tahoe. Yeah. So, so this has been a good year for for getting out and about. It's just kind of a yeah. I so in June, late June, uh, there's five of us. Um, so we spent six days bike packing around Lake Tahoe. There's a, there's a race called Bones to Blue, and it's similar to like the Tour Divide route. You just kind of take off your bike packing. Uh, True Divide is a point-to-point from, what, Banff, Canada, down to, what, Antelope Wells, New Mexico. But the Bones to Blue Loop, this guy put on, I think it might have been the second year for it. But it's a big loop around Tahoe, 230-plus miles. And it was, like, 30-some thousand feet of climb. Oh, God. And is it, like, single track or? It is. It is a little bit of everything. A lot of it is single track. A lot of it is, like, rock garden-type stuff. Uh Lots of hike a bike up, lots of hike a bike down. Mm-hmm. I mean, if unless you're, you're, I mean, I would put some of this as like double black diamond stuff, but, mm. and we were unable to ride those pieces. Just, just couldn't, you know, it was, it was pretty epic, but we got in what, 230 miles and our climb was 25,000 feet. And we skipped a few of the, uh, like the really gnarly stuff and we could actually do a little shortcut, but we decided not to do the race. Um, that's what we intended to do, but we started a day later and just decided to do it on our own. Oh yeah. And then we had a little bit, you know, we could stop a little bit longer and that kind of, that kind of stuff and not be in race mode. Sure. When, when but, you're bike packing in that sort of atmosphere, are you like stealth camping or were there actual campgrounds? We had a campground one day. We slept on BLM days, BLM land, like three days. Oh, okay. Um, and we actually came down, um, Lake, South Lake Tahoe is, is a town, and we actually got a hotel one night. Oh, okay. Because we wanted, uh, yeah, they, they had like a, uh, it was called Base Camp was the hotel, and they had uh, a, like a jam band there that night, and it was just, yeah, we just like, hey, what the heck, let's just, let's just get the, you know, we haven't had showers in three days, let's just yeah. get a hotel and just have a good, they had a brewery attached to it, you know, it's food, and so and yeah, it was, it did was they a, Did they serve Mexican? <laughs> <laughs> Across the street. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm trying to think. I might, I might actually got like a burrito at that place at that That's awesome. as we're talking. So, well, I but did, it, oh, go ahead. Yeah, but but that was the the hardest mountain biking I've ever done was that, that around that Tahoe. Um, and if you've never seen the, the the color of Tahoe from from up up afar. It is like a, the beaches of Thailand. I mean, it's oh, just wow. that blue that go- it's gorgeous. Wow. Definitely would go back. But it was it, when I got to Tahoe, it was, you know, you're driving through the desert for like three days because I took I went off the beaten path and took I don't know, they call it the, the nation's loneliest road or something like that. So I was like two days on this road where there's like nobody. You know, yeah. you see the in the movies, the picture of this you know, long, desolate road. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to do that. And so I took that. And then you get in Tahoe and it's like. It's completely overload with people and cars, and you're like, <laughs> you know, you're just like, I gotta stop and breathe for a little yeah. bit. This is like too much. Like, what a difference! Wow. Well, and that too brings much. me to the next question um, yeah. or comment, maybe. But uh, people who know you, who know Scott Sumter, know that you are like really good at doing grueling long distance rides and races, and like what you just described with Lake Tahoe is a perfect example. Um, but and we'll have to tell the listeners like what your Instagram account or Facebook so they can see some of the photos. But like yeah. I, there are so many times where I'm cheering you on from my couch like, all right. <laughs> OK, Scott, he's been biking for, you know, 22 hours straight and it's mud and raining and 
he's going to make it. I know he's going to make it. But, like, what is it about long distance? Good question, like, man. I need, I need a good therapist, I guess. You know? <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe that is your therapy. <laughs> right. That, and I think it is. Yeah, it's like <laughs> – it is. It's. I appreciate the the mental prep on. You know, like like a hundred mile ride. I think most people can. You know, kind of get that underneath their mindset. You know, all right, I can plan for a hundred mile ride. I get get to stop like four times. You know, you know, you just, you can you can get a hold of that. But you're like, hey, you're gonna go by. You know, three hundred forty miles or something yeah. like that. And then, then you're like, ooh, I gotta. You know, that brings in a whole another element of sleep deprivation and and packing and tools yeah. and. What are you going to need? And for some reason, I just geek out on that. It's just trying to plan, trying to like, ooh, do I need this or that? You know, just for the weight. Not even like from the – I'm not a weight weaning or anything, but it's like I've had enough stuff break out there, and I hate to go out on a mechanical. So I will oh, yeah. like overcarry tools. And it's just because, hey, my chain's broke out there in the middle of a fat bike race in 10-degree weather, and it's like you got to fix that. So if, I just I just don't like the DNF. Right. And, you know, I have over the course of time, but – uh yeah, you just, just, yeah, over, you, once you get a 100-mile ride, and then you're like, all right, I'm going to go 150, then, hi, right, I'm going to try this 200, and then, yeah. you know, I think the longest one was like 382 miles, and that wow. was the uh, old, one of the old Trans-Iowa routes, like the 10th, 10th anniversary of Trans-Iowa, oh. and that's in April, so you know what April is like in Iowa, it's the, the, the gravel roads are like still thawing and yeah. muddy level Bs, yeah. so it's, it's never an easy ride in April. It's way easier like now because you've been riding the whole season kind of mm-hmm. outside and mm-hmm. you're in better shape. But in April, it's just tough. But um, yeah, it's just that mental, that mental fortitude and just how to pack and what bike to take. And it's just, I like thinking through that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think uh, I would agree with you. I mean, I don't do the grueling long distance like that. Most of my long distance rides are on pavement um, yeah. and a little bit more cushy, but it's still the same concept of, you know, spending almost as much time getting ready and pre-packing and then repacking and then taking everything out and doing it again and like all of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, sometimes it's longer than the actual event. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. You'll pack, repack, and then you're like, God, did I put? You know, as you get older, I forget stuff. So it's like, <laughs> did I put that in there? Yeah. Did I? Yeah, yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah, quit worrying. So yeah. <laughs> 15 sticky notes on everything going, remember this, take that. Yeah. 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 I am the exact same way. And I'm getting ready to do the entire Katie trail, um, which is, it'll end up being about 350 miles when we, uh, you know, take in getting to the trail and then getting off the trail um, and self-supported. But, you know, it's not like we're super remote. I mean, there's going to be a town about every 10, 12 miles, but it's still, You got to think it through, like, you know, do I need my set of Uno cards just in case? <laughs> right, or right. can I put something more valuable in that place, like a granola bar or something? Anyway, yeah. so that's that's my life right now. <laughs> well, and you're kind of getting to the point where it's kind of off-season-ish at Katy Trail, too, right? And a lot of the businesses still closed down there? This is actually their or most popular season because of oh. the, leaves, the leaves changing. Oh, Heck, perfect. Yeah. So although the businesses are, a lot of them are closed on like Sundays and Mondays. um, So we kind of adjusted our route to start on Monday so that hopefully we will have businesses open. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So so I really don't have any big epic races coming up the rest of the year. It's it's cyclocross season. That goes all the way through November. Uh, This weekend is our, and I'm not sure when this is going to air, but this weekend, the 24th, 25th, is our uh, flagship event, Capital City Cross. Oh. And we're doing a big single-speed race at the end. We're a $1,000 payout to the winner, so it's like an elimination race. And if you got a geared bike, we'll zip-tie your gears so you can't can't change gears. And... But we were able to, yeah, scrape up a thousand bucks cash for the for one winner on that race. So that'll be kind of fun. And where's that located? It's in Des Moines at Stone Park, and oh, it's called okay. Capital City Cross. And then the next day on Sunday, we decided to go back to Mullets, where the old Nightcap Cross was, and we're going to do Relay Cross, which is a team event of four people. It's we're giving all the proceeds to the Des Moines Bike Collective, and it's just a fun. People dress up in costumes, and there's some funky weird barriers and it's you almost got a whiskey shortcut and i think we've had to do powdered donuts and <laughs> hard-boiled eggs and stuff you know if you want to skip the hard part like all the barriers you can take a shortcut and do a do a crazy thing you got to eat or drink as <laughs> part of awesome. it so 
it makes for some good photos and some, you know, crazy faces as you're trying to down a warm Dr. Pepper in a hundred degree weather or something. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's fun. So, okay. That, so not only is bike Iowa a great resource for events and all the portals that you have, you also uh, are part of some pretty amazing events. Yeah, we, we host, yeah, like I say, this is our cyclocross. We host, host like some spring classic gravel races in the spring. Uh, we took over the IMBCS mountain bike series, which mm. is a, is a, it's a series that houses all the Iowa mountain bike races. And we were able to get sponsors to give all the juniors and kids the race for free. And all the winners of 2022 will get free races in 2023 oh, versus cool. kind of the sponsors. So, so when we track all the series points and, uh, we took over that series this year and we put on, uh, we put on the state mountain biking championship out at, uh, white rock conservancy mm. by coon rapids and we called that the, the rock which is our mountain bike race out there and we'll put on some funky i need to bring back back like, the cruiser rides we ride 100 miles on cruisers just through the des moines trails and it's kind of a fun a fun day and a good first century for folks who've never ridden a century that's usually an end of june that'll be coming back next year yeah, yeah I, just, I have yeah, my to... i have my fat tire uh single speed ready for that event if it comes back <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do it. We're going to do it. 107 miles of, quote, fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you uh, every experience I've had around you or biking with you has been more than fun. So I can only imagine <laughs> anything you have set up in the future is going to be epic. And if you go back to the uh, White Rim Trail, you know, and no. are taking a group, uh, at least put my name in the back of your head. Okay, we will do. Yeah, I, I need to plan some more. I want to plan some stuff around like Iowa. There's so much more cool stuff that oh, yeah. you just plan out these itineraries. You know, we've got plenty to offer if we just just put her all together. For sure, yeah. And uh, go back to um, if people want to follow you besides your website, which is bikeiowa.com. Do you have other places that you post stuff? Yeah, so probably going by the uh, list of popularity is probably Facebook is which is Bike Iowa, Twitter is bike iowa instagram is bike iowa uh youtube is bike iowa guy somebody already had bike iowa oh okay um and those are those are the yeah those are the the main main spots like you can also friend me on facebook uh, just under scott sumter cool if, uh, you know got a lot of mutual mutual likes that way yeah and you have to check out his social media sites just to see all the photographs from his recent trips that we just talked about right yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you Great. so much, Scott, for coming on the podcast and talking about your adventures. And it kind of, you know, sparks some new bucket list items that I've added to my list. And uh, as always, it's fun to talk to you. Great talking to you. I've been living vicariously through you on your Katy Trail trip, too. Yeah. That's, that's going to be fun. All right. Thank you for the invite and uh, ride safe. Sounds good. Well, that's it for this week. A few great deals to send your way. Use code MURFOLOGY at hammerhead.io to get a free heart rate monitor with your crew, too. And a shout-out to Lily Trotter's compression socks. Use code MURFOLOGY to get 20% off your purchase of the best compression socks. Also use code PRIMALMURF for 20% off your PrimalWear cycling gear at PrimalWear.com. Of course, email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com if you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting. Support my podcast at patreon.com slash morphology and visit my Facebook, Instagram, and website for daily entertainment. I have more great episodes in the pipeline, so I hope you continue to be a Morphology Podcast listener. <laughs> <laughs>